Welcome to the Retirement Clinic with your host, Jeff Kowal, from the Kowal Investment Group, the retirement specialists. And welcome to the clinic, the Retirement Clinic on the air with Jeff Kowal. He's president of the Kowal Investment Group, the retirement specialist. And I'm Paul Cronforce. Good to have you here, Jeff. We're live in studio, ready for calls. Good morning, Paul. How are you doing? I'm, I'm good. More importantly, how are you? I'm very well. Thanks. Well, uh, last week we had Spitz. <laughs> I learned, I'm learning the nicknames around the Kowal office. Uh, Aaron Spitzner hosted the show with Joe Still, two of your guys that we hear Monday through Friday market updates on WISN. We're now on WIBA radio in Madison, where the show also airs because, Jeff, you are in Middleton, which is basically Madison. That's right. Just outside of Madison, Middleton. We're in Waukesha, our world headquarters. We're at Port Washington, uh, the newest location in Racine and also in Phoenix. So just a, a great opportunity. And you mentioned uh, Spitz and, and Joe Still. John uh, White will be doing the show next week uh, with a couple of guests. And not uh, John CP- Wyatt, the traffic guy? No, W-H-I-T-E. Like the yeah. color white. Right. Yeah. Cra- yeah. He's got that great New Zealand accent. Yes, he does. So it sounds like he's saying <laughs> John White. He'd be, he'd be here a while. You'd think he'd lose some of that accent, but I guess you don't. <laughs> Time to start saying the yeah, hey, dares. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's right. He's been here long enough he could do that. Mm-hmm. Um, be, he'll be on the show next week. But as you mentioned, Monday through Friday, 3 o'clock news block, 5 o'clock news block in WISM, Milwaukee. We do the business reports. Try to give you an in on 4.55 on WIBA in Madison, just before the 5 o'clock news block on Vicki McKenna's show. We do a business report. Try to give you a minute on what's going on in the market. What's driving your retirement, your investment account up or down that particular day? Is it a government report? Is it uh, taxes? Is it uh, a, a employment report? Is it trade war? What is it that's driving the market up or down that particular day? Wrap it up with the Dow, the S&P 500, uh, tech-heavy NASDAQ, all in one minute. 3 o'clock, 5 o'clock news blocks on WISN in Milwaukee. 4.55 on WIBA in Madison. And I mentioned we are live here to take callers, to take your retirement questions. And we get a lot of calls all over the map. Maybe it's a 401k question. Maybe it's rolling over something. Those scattered accounts that a lot of people that change jobs, Jeff. The average of changing a job is, I think, the average American home length. It's seven years. That's right. And if it's seven, seven years, we're changing a job. And I'm in my 40s. That means I probably got a couple of 401k plans just sitting stagnant. Well, it comes out to you know six times during your lifetime, so it says uh, on average every seven years. Now, in reality, you might change jobs three times in two years at the beginning and then stick with the employer for a while. But uh, that's true. And, and actually, the first article I have today talks about exactly that, Paul. You must be looking at my notes. No, I did not. I did not, but I that's <laughs> well. Before we get to your first so defensive, I didn't really. <laughs> no, I didn't peek at your notes, but I know what we talk about every week on the show. We've been doing this show since you know we just had the September 11th yeah, anniversary. I gotta tell you something a little bit sad. Um, Mark Poker is a friend of mine, and he just passed away. He's a state planning attorney. He's my attorney. Oh no, he's been on the show. 50, he was on my first show. He I was remember my, guest on my first show. Oh, and just a good, uh, good, good man. Uh, lost his wife a few years ago, and his two great young sons. So keep Mark Poker and his family in your prayers. But just a our really sympathies good guy. to uh, to his family and his yeah. sons. Then 
It was, uh, but it was odd that you mentioned that. 18 years ago, yeah, we started this show on uh, Saturday. <laughs> and he was your first guest. Yeah. Yep. And then we had 9-11. Yep. Then we took the Saturday off because we devoted full wall-to-wall right. coverage. And the markets are closed and everything. Right. And and then here we are. 18 years later. So uh, we've, we And thank God many... nothing has happened. That's Remember right. at the time, Jeff, everybody, I mean, every pundit was saying, get ready. It's going to be a way of life. Th- yep. This is going to be a way of life. We're going to see terrorist attacks. And we did, you know, sporadically, Europe and, yes. and, and the States. But thank God nothing like that has happened since. I remember there was one on a train in Spain a couple of years after, and everybody thought the markets would tank. Well, they went down in the morning, and by the end of the day they were up. It, it became, even after just a couple of years, it seemed to be so routine that nobody is worried about it. I know. Which it doesn't rattle the markets anymore. No, it doesn't. But we don't want it to become routine. Of course. But but, but it's a way of life. it happens, and people are more used to it, unfortunately. Yeah. Yeah, it does happen. Yeah. I'm sure there's going to be more, Jeff, on that level. We certainly hope not. Right. 18 years later, though. Uh, and look at the market. Stuff, look at where we are the now. The market, uh, retirement planning, how things have changed dramatically. Uh, tax laws have changed. A lot of things have changed. So there's still a lot to talk about, to talk about with retirement and investment planning. And, you know, as long as we're on I know you were going to give out the phone number, right, Paul? I was going to give out the number. <laughs> you read my mind. Here we go. The Accident Mortgage Talk and Text Line. And let's start right now. We've got open lines. Lines, your chance to talk to Jeff Kowal about your retirement, your nest egg, where are you at? Sometimes it's simply what's your age and what are your savings, and we'll go from there. 799-1130, the Accident Mortgage Talk and Text Line, 799-1130. Of course, 414 is the area code for that number. And we can start taking questions as soon as we are finished with your first story, which you already told us it's about. That's right. It's about it's when one, when many IRAs become one. It says after, this is a Kiplinger's retirement report, just out. It says after working for multiple decades, it's not uncommon for a taxpayer to have multiple traditional IRAs. Perhaps you have rollover IRAs from previous jobs or several IRAs at different financial institutions. But in the eyes of the IRS, you have one IRA, no matter how many IRAs you have. That wrinkle known as the aggregation rule can create surprises if you don't understand where it comes into play. Here's how it works. RMDs, required minimum distributions. The aggregation rule makes a big difference when it comes to required minimum distributions. Traditional IRA owners are required to take your your first distribution from your IRA. So the government allows you to accumulate money tax-deferred in your IRAs while you're accumulating money. But then they, they have to get their pound of flesh sometime in the future, so they force the issue and say that by April 1st of the year after you turn age 70 and a half, so basically, age seventeen and a half, you have to take out, start taking out required minimum distributions, um, and for every traditional IRA a taxpayer owns, he or she needs to determine the required minimum. Uh, so there's an IRS table. But after calculating the IRMD, an IRA owner with multiple accounts has the flexibility to decide from which account or accounts he or she will draw the money. So if you have to take out $20,000, you have three RAs. You could take it out proportionally from each of the three. You could take it all out of one. In terms of IRAs, the government doesn't care as long as they get their 20000 as long as you take out 20000 bucks that year. And uh, keep in mind, uh, Roth IRAs don't have RMDs, but this is an important point here. Generally aren't aggregated with traditional IRAs. There are no joint IRAs. This is a, a Ed Slot comment. Um, Ed Slot's a friend of mine, a nationally known uh, uh, authority on retirement plans and distributions. He's kind of a big deal. He's kind of a big deal, yeah. Mm-hmm. 
<laughs> and you know him. I know him personally, yeah. So that's a big deal, that's too. That's cool. Right? Yeah. That makes me a big deal. It right? does, yeah. Because I know a big By deal. By association. Oh, boy. Anyway, <laughs> uh, uh, even if you are married and filing jointly, there are no joint IRAs. There are none. Even if you file a joint return. Um, so IRAs from one spouse cannot satisfy the IMD for another spouse. Mm. If you have to take an RMD, Paul, and your wife is already, Dawn's already taking income from her IRA, well, we'll just count that. It doesn't work that way. There are no such thing as joint IRAs. If you have to take money from your IRA, you have to take money from yours. You can't count any money she takes out of hers. Non-spouse heirs uh, need to be particularly careful. So this is kids or grandkids or whoever inherits your money. If you inherit two traditional IRAs from your mother and run from a brother or sister, you can take an RMD from a combination of inherited IRAs from your mother, but have to take a separate one from your sibling. So you can combine something. Basically, if you have inherited IRAs from different people, from the different people, you have to take those IRAs. So, sure. Uh, let's see, what else? Roth conversion. Similarly, if you do a Roth conversion but own traditional IRAs um, that held non-deductible, you need to figure out a tax-free ratio. There's a, there's a complicated... Uh, exclusion ratio for RMDs. So just know that there are certain rules from uh, IRAs with regard to required minimum distributions uh, and the uh, distribution you take from your 401k does not satisfy a required minimum distribution from an IRA because that's a qualified plan. Exactly. And I do know I've learned so much over the years, Jeff, <laughs> but I do know that we pay taxes when we take our RMD on the 401k. That's right. That's right. When we do the IRA, the Roth IRA, we pay taxes when it goes in, not when, we, not when we take yep. our- And it grows tax-free. That's yeah. very powerful. You mentioned that, Paul. It is a very powerful uh, vehicle, having tax-free growth, especially you know, when you're relatively young, like you are. If you're in your 40s or 50s, <laughs> you're doing Roth IRAs. Relatively would be the key word there. <laughs> Roth IRAs, and you have 30 or 40 years to have tax-free growth. And right now, as it stands, you don't have to take required minimum distribution. That's pretty powerful. Well, let me ask you. I'll be a straight out with you. I've never hid my age on the show. I'm 53. Right. I started here when I was 24. I've been here 29 years, Jeff. Holy cow. In, is 53 in the retirement world considered young? Oh, still, yeah, because you're still working, and you're still going to be contributing. Now, it all depends. Let's say I'm here, let's just say 10 years, until I'm 63. That's 10 more years of adding to that 401k. Absolutely. Uh, And you can add $25,000 a year, approximately, uh, into your IRA, uh, and that's likely to go up in the future. But you talk about retirement, there are some people that retire at 53. Some people are still working at 53. So everybody's plan is a little bit different. People are working at 73 now. And a lot of times it's because uh, they want to, sometimes because they have to at work at 73. And then it, it's interesting because we talk about the show being on for 18 years. At each of those time frames, and it's interesting that you mentioned, at 53, you have to wait till 59 and a half before you can take a distribution from your plan without a penalty. At 63, you're in the range where you have free withdrawals. You can take as much as you want, whenever you want, pay a taxes on it like that. At 73, you're at an age where you have to take required minimum distributions. You have to. Yes. By, by 70, you would have had to have taken required minimum distributions, unless you're still working. Then you, you take IRA, RMDs from your IRAs, but not from your 401k. But each of those three ages that you meant, 
the tax rules are different. We'll have stuff to talk about on the retirement clinic for years and years to come. Oh, it's so complicated. Oh, it <laughs> is. I mean, it's, it, there's so many moving parts to it, Jeff. It's not as simple as just your, it's your nest egg, and when, when I want to retire, it's there. There's all kinds of rules, right? And there's all kinds of tax implications. That's right. So yeah, but it is exciting. I mean, you, that's what RMD should be. That should be fun, right? I've worked my whole. Let's say it's 30, 35 years. There it is. Now yep. I get to start using it. That's right. You start to use it. Some people don't need it, though. You know, if, they've, if you've done well elsewhere, accumulate assets elsewhere. Um, so some people are taking that money and using it for different purposes. Right. You don't need it, but you do have to take it out once you hit Correct. that critical so you age. So, so you could reinvest that. Yep. A lot of times people put in a trust account. Sometimes they'll put into life insurance to increase the, the value of their estate uh, by buying life insurance with the required minimum distribution. That's great because it increases the value of your estate and all that uh, tax, all the Proceeds from the life insurance policies, yes, you have to pay tax on the RMD, but when the money goes into a life insurance policy, that grows tax-deferred if it's a permanent policy, and the death benefit is tax-free I got, for the most part. I've got a life insurance question, but I don't think we have time to answer before we break. We've got to take a quick break. Okay, As we, here's Real quickly, to make a long story short, the older we get, the closer I get to my ultimate demise. At some point, I usually drop life insurance, right? Let's say my mortgage is paid. Hypothetically, I'm 75 years old. Do I need life insurance? I'm going to have you ask that question after the break. Because that thought. is a good question. Okay. That is a good question, and there is a good answer to it. Too. Okay. I want, to, I want to talk about that, because that goes hand-in-hand hand with planning your, oh, absolutely. your future and yep. uh, having that insurance or not. And uh, Okay, quick break. We'll be right back. The Retirement Clinic will continue with Jeff Kowal. Jeff is president of the Kowal Investment Group, the retirement specialist, WIBA Madison, and, of course, we're on WISN. Market updates Monday through Friday by... Jeff and his staff. Our phone number is open. After the break, we'll start taking your questions. You can text us. You can talk to us. We prefer the talking part. To call us, use the Accident Mortgage Talk and text line 799-1130. Looks like a little Paul McCartney today. Wings, yep. The entire show? Yeah, it's it's okay, isn't it? Yes, I, I it like is. that. <laughs> I love McCartney and the Wings. There's certain songs I don't like, but this is one of the ones I do like. Yeah. So we'll take a quick break, and then we'll be back with more. Give us a call with your questions. Jeff Kowal on WISN and WIBA. Welcome back to the Retirement Clinic on WISN. I'm Aaron Kowal with the Boss Minute, business owner's savings and security. It's about owning your retirement, not just your business. As a small business owner, you are busy with your business. There are so many issues that demand your attention that by and large, your own planning comes last, and that's typical. A recent study from BMO found that only a fraction of the country's 28 million small business owners are prepared for retirement. They found that 75% of small business owners, and a small business is defined as a company with less than 500 employees, have saved less than $100,000 for retirement. That's a big problem. Owners are usually so focused on their business with so many demands on their time that they neglect their own planning. Another way that owners trip up is that they believe that their business is the best investment and has provided the most growth, so why bother investing in anything else? Believing your business is terrific, but sometimes an owner can be blindsided either by disruption in their industry, changing government regulations, staff defections, or even declining faculties. We strongly believe in diversification. Many people that we see have the vast majority of their assets in their home, 401k, and a business. 
and the business owners many times do not have a 401k or some sort of retirement plan. It's crucial that a business owner takes steps to minimize risk in the event the business does not work out the way they want and the way that they may have envisioned. If the business is the only retirement plan and God forbid the business fails or ends up not being worth nearly what you thought, you really don't want to be stuck not being able to live the life you want. Only 20% of businesses listed for sale ever sell. So it may be worth it to take a look and see what steps can be taken in your situation to help alleviate some of the risk that is already inherent in owning and running a business. Work with someone who focuses on retirement and can help act as a catalyst to get the planning in place to add peace of mind that if your company is blindsided, your retirement won't be. The Boss Minute. That's Aaron Kowal, Business Owners, Savings, and Security. And Jeff, we do that every week. The sexy segment is also another feature that's coming up soon. Just your quick thoughts on business owners. Well, we have to do the planning, as Aaron mentioned. It's not unlike um, individual planning. You you, um, have to make sure you pay attention to it. It's not going to happen by itself. Most of us in business are so concerned about making money and making sure our employees get paid, make sure jobs get done as promised, that we don't pay attention to our planning. And even I have to do that. You know, you have to take a step back and, you know, well, I'm in the business. Of course I have. Well, every once in a while I have to take a step back and make sure that we're doing the right thing in our business as well. And Aaron brings it up. Uh, oh, I thought you meant you and Jay in your own plan. No, that, that, we, like got, a, that we got to do too. Well, that too. We it's to like a that. doctor that forgets about his own, sure. you know, hey, I'm a doctor. I'm so busy looking over everybody else. Yep. A lot of those doctors, starting with med school, developed a smoking habit. If you're aware of this. No. Go to any hospital. Look outside. Oh yeah, it's all nurses and doctors smoking. Yeah, bad habit, but they can't kick it, and it started when they were getting two hours of sleep at night. Right, a little jolt or something. Yeah. Yep. Um, No, but what I was talking about is that you know you do the individual planning, you think you're all done. Well, no, a lot of times your business is integrated with your uh, individual planning. You have to make sure you address both. So that's the the the, pretty much the gist of the boss. Um, uh, segment each week. Yeah, we do it every week and you make a point of saying business owners, hey, don't forget about your retirement plan. That's right. Relying solely on the business because who knows what that value is going to be for that business when the day comes to sell or to hand it down to your kids or whatever you do. Jeff, you might be in that same boat when when Aaron steps in. (laughs) When he does the hostile takeover, is that it? (laughs) (laughs) Hostile takeover. (laughs) Yeah. That's likely. No, no, no. We have a great relationship, oh. and he jokes about that. And, of course, and Aaron's hosting the show. I am always looking over my shoulder. Right. Where, where is he right now? Yeah. Is he coming in my is office he, he's again? Not listening, is he? That's awesome. I love family businesses. Aren't they the heartbeat of America? They're a lot of fun. They're, it has challenges, as as uh, sure. a lot of our listeners know, but they are fun, and you're grateful to have the somebody that cares enough about you that they actually want to work with you and spend time with you. That's pretty neat. That that is neat. You got to separate the two. Yep. I think family oh, business, yeah, right? Do. Absolutely. I have friends of mine that own, you know, other business where they're involved oh. with their parents and like, you just got to separate it. Yep. You know, don't talk it. Thanksgiving, that yep. kind of thing. Just, you know, separate the two, which is maybe easier said than and, done. But hugging it out helps a lot. So even, you know, when we leave the office, if we're upset at each other, we, you know, we, we make sure that we don't take it home with us. That's a good way to do it. Yeah, I think so. I have one thing that Heather wanted me to mention. Uh, we're doing... Um, an educational seminar with uh, Kevin Trubenbach. It's a little workshop. Kevin Trubenbach is with Transition Health Benefits. And this is going to be October 8th. Um, it's, it's mostly for our clients, but Heather mentioned to me that we've got five or six uh, seats available. So if you are interested in health care, uh, especially um, 
uh, Medicare and Medicare supplements. We're going to be talking about some Milwaukee Marriott West on the corporate court that's in Waukesha, uh, in Waukesha, so just an exit east of our office. October 8th, that's a Tuesday. Correct. Um, Nighttime? Uh, yeah, I think it's 6, it's six to 7. So uh, give Heather a call if you can make it. So it's uh, uh, Heather in our office. So give her a call at 262 522 Four zero four zero two six two five two two forty forty, or um, go online at the Kowalway K O W A L the Kowalway dot com for information on the uh, educational workshop Kevin Trubenbach traditional health benefits. Um, He's been on the show in yes, the past. Yep, and so. Um, uh, yeah, give, uh, he was on a show a few weeks mm-hmm. ago. Uh, so give our office a call. Give Heather a call if you're interested and if you can make it. Again, that's October 8th uh, in the evening at the Marriott in Waukesha. And I don't want to sound like I'm, you know, cozying up to you here, Jeff. i got to give a shout-out to your staff. If uh, I call Heather or email her, she is Johnny on the spot. Within three she, minutes, I get a response. She is very good. You are absolutely right with that. I mean, so if you're a client and you're looking for feedback, so many times you hear this, Jeff, and this is not just your line of work, it's every line of work, where you just don't get a call back. Yeah. And I just find that frustrating. Well, Whether thank it's, you. My wife does real estate. She, first thing, if I get a voicemail call, I'm calling that person back yep. immediately. Yep. Don't let it sit and fester. That's right. Whether it's good or bad or a question or a problem, uh, we get on it right away. Absolutely. So that number, if you want to reach the Kowal Investment Group, Jeff mentioned his site, and it's a good one. And he's all over social media, Facebook, LinkedIn, and Twitter. Check out thekowalway.com or call their office, 262-522-4040. 262-522-4040. And Heather is the one that will most likely pick up your call. That's that right. event is October 8th. That is a Tuesday at the Marriott, you said, in... Waukesha. Waukesha. Yep. Right by your world headquarters. That's right. That's Black East. It's across from the old uh, American. Can we sneak in one more sure. quick story before our next Uh-oh. break? And the sexy segment's coming up. Well, you wanted to ask about life insurance, Paul. So oh, I yeah. Let's to get back to tackle that. that. So, Thank you for the reminder. <clears throat> she says, ultimately, do you need to dump your life insurance? That's always a possibility. We have clients ask that question all the time. A lot of times, it, that premium that you're paying for life insurance can potentially be repurposed and, and use it for multiple purposes, actually. Uh, a lot of times if you're paying a premium for your life insurance and maybe if you have some cash values and you have a need for long-term care, it may be a way to um, uh, uh, t- take care of any insurance life insurance needs you have, but also uh, take advances on the death benefit in terms of long-term care. It's called a hybrid policy. So I think that that's a, a great use of that money. Should you can I have a lot of my clients buying more insurance in their 50s, 60s, and 70s. No, you bought it in the earlier to create an estate. Now you do it for liquidity or if you have some debt. So we still have clients that are, and you know what? It pays out at the time it's needed the most, when somebody passes away. That's when you need it. That's right, and it's it's easy. Uh, it's a beneficiary de- with a beneficiary designation. The money comes quickly. It's tax-free, income tax-free. Sometimes it can be estate tax-free as well. In most cases, it's estate tax-free as well. So you multiply your estate with the life insurance. And most people don't realize it or they don't put a pencil to it, but the chances of us dying are... 100%. 100%. The question mark is when. It's when. So I, Does it factor in, Jeff? There's so many factors, but if I have my home paid off for, yeah, some, if we're relatively financially fit, we got a nice nest egg between my spouse and yep. I, let's say a million or more. Does yeah. that make a difference? I think it does. 
again, if you if you feel that you ha- and you know if you have a million dollars or more and your cash flow is good, you might want to keep the life insurance for kids or grandkids. Mm-hmm. It's not a bad way to pay for college education by having tax free income available for them or a, a tax free death benefit. So there are some reasons to keep it, but really, if you have no debt, if you have enough assets and you feel you should drop it, you can drop it. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I, you know, again, I I encourage you to, especially since you've been paying premiums for a long time. Uh, if you tried to duplicate that policy, it would cost you a lot more to duplicate it because you're at an older age. Your health may be different. So you can't buy it the same policy again. No, not at that. You're right. Yeah, Our tenure came up, Jeff, and now that I'm 53, well, yep. the premium's going to go up. Yeah. It's just the way it is. Yeah. So it's. But at the know, same yeah. time, at 53, you would suggest holding on to that. I would certainly. You know, you've got a couple of kids that, that need money for weddings and things like that. <laughs> while, while, uh, yes, I do. While Dawn still needs money for. Uh, retirement and you know and live the lifestyle that she'd like to become accustomed to. <laughs> Our, uh, I I can mention this now. We're very happy and excited that uh, Peyton is getting married in January uh, to her fiance, wonderful guy, police officer Sean, and we welcome him to our family, weddings are not cheap. And I played in a wedding band for all these years, and I just like, eh, the band deserves at least two or three grand. Then he got the, I never thought of like the hall and the food. Flowers. And, I mean, uh, uh, it's booze, all that stuff. It's not an exaggeration that one day will cost you forty to fifty grand. Yeah, some people. Oh yeah, easy seventy five to hundred. If you're going yep. up to three four hundred guests, so if you've got daughters, just keep that in the back of your mind. Yeah, absolutely right. And or that, take them down to the courthouse and get it done for twenty five bucks. That's always an option. <laughs> <laughs> but it is, you know, my wife goes, Paul. It's a once in a lifetime event. That's how they, that's how they rope you in. <laughs> but it's one day. We had boys, so that was it. Was still costly, even with a couple of boys, because you you know you pay for the rehearsal dinner. You, well, we, tradition we is changing, yeah. though, from what I understand. Yep. It's not always the father or the bride and the mother that have to pony up the money. Our our future in laws, I guess I call them. His parents are wonderful, and we yeah. just kind of said, let's just do this by sharing it. Yeah. So call me cheap, but I said okay. <laughs> <laughs> or smart, either way. Or if smart. To do it, Oops, I'm not going to argue that one. Maybe they want some input in the in the wedding and the yeah. Here, reception. let me buy you a beer. And we'll call it even. <laughs> yeah, I like that. Anyway, so no, that things may be changing, but um, again, it's nice that you you know with our boys, we, we the girl the girls they married Laura and, and Andrea. They're wonderful people, and you know, we have three great grand. Paul McCartney married your youngest son. That's right. And that's a true story. Yeah. I don't think it was valid. No, it was valid. No, it wasn't. It wasn't? No, they didn't have a marriage license or anything. But he's ordained, I thought. Yeah, but you have to have preparation. He said, I don't think this is going to hold up in court. Just because somebody makes you a minister online, Paul, doesn't really make you a minister. (laughs) But he married him in front of thousands of people. It's a great story. Belling was so excited. He put the link up on his website and everything. So that makes it real, right? That makes it real. McCartney. So just by Sir Paul. By background, it was before Adam was going to get married. Adam and Andrea, they went to a Paul McCartney concert. um, In uh, Phoenix. In Phoenix. And they got like six row seats, and they knew that he looks at signs in the in the audience. So my daughter in law, at the time of future daughter in law, held up a sign saying, "You're ordained. We're engaged. Please marry us tonight." It was really simple. That's what caught his eye. I think. Yeah, and then he saw it, and he nodded at them. So he thought he actually saw it. So they were all excited that he actually nodded and acknowledged it. They didn't think they were going to carry it up on stage. No, and, then, and then during the next song, the guy, the, uh, security, came, security came up and said, "Come on, you're going on stage." And they said, 
and they reminded my daughter-in-law to breathe. <laughs> she was hyperventilating. And, was, and they're the younger generation. If that was me, I don't know if I could even. That's Paul McCartney. I know. It's a living oh, legend. She, oh, she feels the same way like we do about him. That's I mean, amazing. She, yeah, she, she That's a story him. you will have the rest of your life. You bet. To tell, and they were eventually married. Yes, and church. we didn't have to pay the minister. We didn't have to pay McCartney to be the minister. I don't think we could afford him. <laughs> Imagine that cost. Well, uh, we, okay, we'll get the flowers. You get McCartney. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Okay, so that wraps up the life insurance discussion. I thought that was a good answer, Jeff. Basically, keep it yep. is what I'm hearing yep. uh, until you get to a certain age, and who knows when that is. And we all we're all going to die. Yep. That that's for certain. And I think that everybody's case is different, and you might be able to either repurpose it, um, keep it for, uh, uh, you know, like repurpose it to, to help pay for long-term care premiums, uh, or, uh, you know, keep the death benefit for some other reason or for some other purpose, or to give to charity, or just drop it. If it's appropriate, yeah. just drop it. Uh, do you have time to sneak one in before I the... I do. Okay. Uh, this is a Kippinger's retirement report. Uh, qualified charitable do- donations. We were talking about RMDs earlier. A qualified charitable donation distribution can be made. Uh, the question is to Kiplinger's retirement report. Can a qualified charitable distribution be made to more than one charitable organization? The answer is yes. So you can make qualified charitable distributions of varying amounts to more than one charitable organization each year. You could do it at different times during the year. So the rule is that IRA owners of 70 and a half or older can give up to $100,000 a year directly to a, a charity from your IRA. And it counts as a distribution. Um, from, it counts towards your required minimum distribution. It's going to help you with taxes. It helps sure. you with taxes, absolutely. Helps you with Medicare premiums, helps you with everything because it's not counted as income to you. But you can split that among multiple charities. So you, say you can or can't? Can, C-A-N. So say you want to give $50,000 through the qualified charitable distribution. You could give five charities $10,000 each and two charities, 25000 each, and just tell your custodian which charities you want to support and how much you want to have transferred directly. It all counts towards required minimum distribution. Does a church fall under this category? Sure, absolutely. Give to your church, uh, make a wish, something lot, like that. A lot it's of people one of my favorites. But you can't say, Paul, I want you're, you look like a hapless kind of case. I'd like to give you some money. Can't do it that way. It has to be a qual. So how pathetic you look, it doesn't qualify you as a charity. So what does qualify me? Is it, It's a 503. <laughs> what is it? Yeah. It's a five, yeah. 503. C Trust, I think yeah. is what it is. But that, that could be. Anyway, do so I look like I need it? <laughs> no, you need to shave today. Why I do. I'm not. I'm not very well uh, present. I've got a cap on, well, and I'm not shaved. Who cares? Uh, the other thing I have is penalty-free withdrawals for Roth conversions. If you convert, this question comes up every once in a while because you pay the taxes up front, and then you want to take money out of it. Well, can you? Uh, can you take money out tax-free after you do a Roth conversion? So it says if you convert a traditional IRA to a Roth IRA. Pay the taxes. Do early withdrawal penalties apply? The money isn't subject to a ten is not subject to a ten percent early withdrawal penalty. So if you do it at fifty three, as an example, you convert it before fifty nine and a half. That's counted as taxable income, but it's not subject to federal or state early withdrawal penalties. But if you tap the converted amount and you need to be mindful of the five year rule penalties depending on age, the rule is simple: to withdraw converted money 
penalty-free before age 59 and a half, you must wait five years from the tax year in which you made the conversion. Convert your traditional IRA to a Roth IRA late in the tax year. You'll have practically checked off one of those years. So once you turn 59 and a half, the article says, poof, the five-year rule for early withdrawal penalties for your conversion goes away, even if your conversion hasn't aged the full five years. Mm-hmm. So if you convert 57, you turn 59 and a half. The article says you could take money out at 59 and a half and forget about the five-year conversion rule. Jeff, the conversation on charitable contributions, tax ramifications. Before we get to your sexy segment coming up after the break, I want to sneak in a call or two here on that topic. Calling WISN and WIBA's Retirement Clinic with Jeff Kowal is Judy. Judy in Hales Corners, good morning. Hi, Judy. Good morning. I have just two comments. The first on the QCD from the RMD, we've done it two years in a row. And it's, you have to bring in the EIN number of the recipient because the money has to go directly Employ- excuse me, from them. Employee ID number. Yeah, so it has, right, it has to, the custodian has to kick the, has to do, uh, print up the check. You can't. Yes. Either a direct transfer no. electronically has to go to, to, the, uh, uh, to the charity. You're right, directly from your IRA. Yeah, uh, Yes, and it's better if you have the address and name and tell the recipient ahead of time because it comes saying U.S. Bank, and they're gonna, not going to know, well, who is this from, actually. It's no, a good so, point. You know, you have to do that. My, my real question, though, is uh, not so much the QCD because I know I can't do it, but to give grandchildren, let's say, what is the amount I could give them a year, even if they are young, um, just to put in, you know, because I want the letter that I give them to say, this is for your college, because I want your inheritance to be between your ears. <laughs> so <laughs> you're saying, how do you go about doing it? You could put $15,000 a year into a, a uniform gift to minors trust, a UTMA, uniform trust to minors. So you can do it that way. You can have your name on the account. You can be the custodian. You can do a number of different things. Uh, with that, that's a way to do it. Tough today, and thank you for the call, Judy. Yeah, Judy, we- thanks for the call. We're going to sneak to a quick break on the retirement clinic. Oh, no, this would be my favorite wing song by far. Better than Guns N' Roses. When oh, they yeah. Re- oh, oh much- yeah. Just forceful and kicking. Oh, he's got a great drummer, Paul McCartney. Oh, yeah. Big dude behind the kit. He's been with him forever. Very, very good. Yeah, and we, he saw sings? Them, we saw them in Madison uh, with a couple of good friends of ours uh, earlier in the year. What a great show. Yeah, they did Camp Randall. Yeah. Then they went up to Lambeau Field yeah. and did that. What a neat Great, concept. exciting show. And he goes for three hours. He's uh, 75 years old. Yeah. Great energy. Fountain of youth. Yep. Him and Keith Richards. Yeah, right. Or they're just so pickled with alcohol <laughs> over the years and drugs. <laughs> they're just propped up. No, they're very active on stage. Too, no, I so. know. It's an amazing thing to watch. So good tunes today. Okay, quick break. Enough of the chit-chat. We'll be right back with the sexy segment. It's about wealth management and preservation. The Retirement Clinic will continue after this. Time for the sexy segment. Welcome back. The Retirement Clinic. This is about wealth management and preservation by way of background. Jeff will explain more, but every week we touch on this segment. Every week you've got a new one for us, Jeff. That's right. Wealth management and preservation. Um, this show is for everybody. This particular segment is for those with a million dollars or more. And we seg- segment this off 
just uh, because once you've accumulated some wealth, you have different needs. Uh, if you have a 401k, if you have 500000 in your 401k, you have a home, it's $500,000, you're already at a million dollars. If you have other investments, if you have an inheritance, uh, if you own your own business, you could be at $5 million, $10 million, $20 million or more. This segment is for you. And this is a Forbes ag- article um, that I thought was, was pretty timely right now. It's three principles for a successful family legacy. Uh, the article starts with the largest intergenerational transfer in recent history set to take place over the next few decades. Legacy planning is becoming an increasingly important topic of conversation among high net worth families. Beyond traditional estate planning, legacy planning is an opportunity to define, reflect on, and express what wealth really means to families. So not only are you passing on the family wealth, the future generations, but you're passing on family core values. Preserving and managing tangible wealth in a complex and uncertain world can undoubtedly be a challenge, blah, blah, blah. Anyway, it says here are things that you can do. I guess the article didn't say blah, blah, blah. But anyway, it says integrate planning. First of all, legacy planning is a collaborative effort that requires open discussion with your wealth advisor, but also family members and other trusted specialists. First is to define your goals. That is, how do you wish to enjoy your wealth and how do you want to benefit your family members? And the key to this is benefit your community as well. Because once you have a certain amount of wealth that you want to do this type of planning, you might want to leave some things to Boy Scouts, cancer research, all types of things. So um, I guess it's not Boy Scouts anymore. But if you have philanthropic... It's not? No, it's Scouts. Oh, that's right, because the girls are allowed in. I can't keep track of what's happening. Yeah, it's, it's, I'm in Target. I'm confused. Can I go in the women's room or not? You can, Paul. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like it's wrong and I'll be arrested. Be, be, be careful. But I'm the, not going in. Are you kidding me? No. Uh, I was going to use the transgender at LAX Airport as the first one I ever saw, and I chickened out at the last second. <laughs> Well, you could be you could have been confused at that time. <laughs> Still am, but I then, think. You know, when we were in Europe just recently, and I was tempted to use a girl because the ladies' room, the men's room was for, usually the ladies' room that's packed. This Always a line. Yeah, this one is the men's room was long line. Right, so, so why can't you go in, right? Yeah, that, that's what I'm saying, Paul. You mm. could use it. Anyway, your legacy is as much about providing financial for, for future generations as it is about how you wish to be remembered, communicating your values and ambitions to trusted advisors is those important. So first of all, you got to have a plan in place and know what you want. Next is evolve a healthy family wealth culture. Creating a healthy culture, a, sh- a shared set of attitudes, values, goals, and behaviors that characterize you as a family is critically important for legacy planning. In other words, it's not at that point, it's not just me. It's others in the family. And see, these are the things that we believe in. These are the things that we want to support. Next is develop a rising generation. Younger generations often have difficulty distinguishing between wealth and money. And their attitude towards each can be different. When developing your legacy, it's important to keep to help younger generations understand how thoughtful spending, investing, and charitable giving contribute to a sense of purpose. And a lot of times it's not just charitable giving, it's also giving of your time. 
it's time, talent, and treasure. Well, they talk about volunteering, how yeah. it just helps. You, yep. every, you just feel good when you're yeah. done, right? Helps the soul. You bet. You got it. Uh, but it also helps people really in need. But legacy planning, that's, part, that's all part of it. It's a process, a journey, a way of thinking in the long term about fa- what family wealth really means. For high net worth families, it can also be an important component of the overall wealth management process. If you are just going to... Beginning, consider how these principles align with your long-term family members, trusted advisors. In most cases, successful planning hinges on identifying objectives, communicating them effectively, and then developing a strategy. And a lot of times it does involve uh, a team to make sure that your wishes get fulfilled. And again, the, the, uh, the wealth management is one part of it. But it's the legacy planning where you think about what are things that are meaningful to you? What are the charities you believe in? What are the, you know, whether it's Special Olympics or things like that. Almost got to sit back and say, after I'm gone, how do I want my legacy to right. look? You can't rule from the grave. And that's the... Yeah, when you're gone, you're gone. You're, yeah. When you're gone, you're gone. But that's why the, the article talks about instilling these values in your kids and ultimately grandkids to say, this is what we believe in. It's not just about us. It's about making sure others do well as well. Good stuff today, Jeff. You know, I know it was impromptu, our life discussion earlier, getting a bunch of texts and maybe for another show, but it's people that we addressed and it's, here's the most recent text to you just minutes ago. My life insurance expires when I'm 60. The premium goes from $25 a month to 200. I just can't afford it. Well, that's one way to look at it, and, and if you keep that policy, that indeed is it. Uh, and that po- that premium goes up because of the initial time period expired. You can apply if you're healthy. You can apply and get and uh, get insurance for a lot cheaper yeah. than two hundred dollars a month. We'll come back and respond more. And then, how can okay. you reach Jeff and his staff off the air? Thekowalway.com, or we'll give out the phone number and contact info. All that social media good stuff. When we come back, the Retirement Clinic, WISN and WIBA. Stick around. We are back with the Retirement Clinic, and I know, Jeff, it's the closing minute or two. We had that life insurance text, which was really good, and we can address it quickly. The way the life insurance works is that you have a 10-year term as an example. When it expires, they presume that you're uninsurable. So now you go back to the yearly renewable term rate for somebody who is uninsurable or is guaranteed that rate. So they go up to the guaranteed maximum rate. But if you're healthy, you can reapply and perhaps get insurance elsewhere. His comment was, well, it goes from 25 a month to 200 once it expires. That's quite a jump. Yeah, it is quite, because again, you go from the 10-year rate to Mm -hmm. the yearly renewable term rate, guaranteed rate. So it's a guaranteed maximum that the insurance company can charge. We can do a deeper dive into that on future shows. Or or you can call our office. Just call. Yeah, here's a number. The Kowal Investment Group, 262 522-4040. Jeff, you're located in Waukesha. In addition, you're in Port Washington, Madison, your Middleton office, Phoenix, Arizona. The brand new address in Racine. That's right. So if you're close to or already in retirement, you have $750,000 or more in retirement assets, or better yet, go online at thekowalway.com. You can click the Contact Us button. Heather will get back to you. She's very good at that. You'll be very happy that you made the choice to come with the Kowal Investment Group, or at least check us out, thekowalway.com. Thanks for a great show once again, Jeff. That was a lot of fun, Paul. Thanks a lot. Jeff Kowal, president of the Kowal Investment Group, the retirement specialist. Thanks for tuning in to us on WIBA Madison and WISN Milwaukee.